Mida is called Nikiut, which he means in a simple sense to keep yourself clean and well groomed. We're not going to study that. This was perhaps something necessary way back. They didn't have any running water in the houses. Didn't have any bathtub in the house. Soap was a luxury. Things are different once upon a time. And therefore, we'll skip that. About personal cleanliness. Fairigvot Anova. Humility. On page Iron Base. First, the motto. The motto is History Cake Tommy. Always desire to learn wisdom from everybody. See what you can learn from other people. Good things. And to recognize your faults or the sacrament and to improve your faults. And that means you'll learn to remove your mind from your virtues, from your good points, because you're always concentrating on your own good virtues, or from the faults of your follower. That means, by following this program, You'll keep your mind off of admiring yourself, and you'll keep your mind off of finding faults in others. Because this meter of arrogance has two sides to it. First, he blows up and magnifies anything good he has in him, or he imagines he has good things. Secondly, when he sees a small fault in somebody else, he magnifies it. If he doesn't see any fault, he imagines a fault. That's the way arrogance works. I am the best, you're the worst. And therefore, the following subject is to study, to learn what's wrong with you and something is wrong with everybody. Nobody's perfect. And secondly, see what's right with other people. Everybody has something good in him. Now we start. First, take the matter inside. We start. Tezayim. Avasa Odom is Asmo. He who Azashib Avas. A man's love for himself is the strongest of all forms of love. Every man is in love with himself. made that nature in the beastly aspect of man. Every person has a beastly, brutal aspect, a physical aspect. Everybody has that. And Akkodishboruhu intended it for a person in order to protect himself. Self-preservation, and therefore, it's a g- instinct that Hashem made to love oneself. 
Omispashetesh al gufek. It goes out to include himself, his body, and on his children. He also loves his children. The al kinyono, and he loves all of his property. Al showed all other things. It spreads out to include all the things connected with him. He loves them all. This love is so powerful, it can overcome all the opposing forces of desire. Sometimes a man might desire to do something, might have a strong desire, but he knows it won't be good for his health, it's dangerous to do it, he'll get beat up, he might be put in prison, and therefore, his self-love protects him from doing certain dangerous things. That's in a Shemayim. Your self-love protects you from getting in too much trouble. So, sometimes a person is willing to suffer distress in order to maintain his self-love. For instance, he has a job where he has to work hard, but he knows that he stops work, he'll be unemployed, and therefore, even though the distress of the work is enough to cause a person to desist from working, but the thought of his lone love for himself, what will I do? Therefore, he's willing to suffer also. Or people suffer for their children. For the sake of their children, they're willing to suffer. It's natural. Being a Buryas Gufo in the matter of his own personal health, so he's able to overcome various things that might oppose him for the purpose of maintaining his health. Or, Gidl Bono, to raise his children. Sometimes people are willing to spend money in order to help their children. They're willing to waste their hours of sleep in order to comfort their children. People are willing to give up a great deal because of this self-love. And his children are part of his self-love. Ushmiras Kinyanat, in order to guard his property, Many times people, in order to protect their property, do all kinds of things that are difficult to do, but they want to make sure that their property is safe. Now, however, all of this is a physical and a brute aspect of man, which I call the put into him. However, it can lead to a very important excellence. There's true honor. There's true honor, not false honor. It's one of the results of this. When a person desires to excel in good behavior, he wants to be excellent in serving Hashem, excellent in kindliness to his fellow man, excellent in knowledge of Torah, 
he does that also because he desires a certain self-love. He's looking for honor for himself. That's also naturally instilled in man by HaKadosh Baruch it's engraved by Akkadish Borahut on a man's character. So this desire of love for yourself can lead a person to excellence in character, excellence in various forms of accomplishment like wisdom and so on. But a person rejoices when he thinks other people are looking at his good qualities. Not necessarily 100% Lashem Shemayim, but the mere fact that he knows, everybody knows, that people are looking at him and they're seeing his superiority and therefore it makes him happy and it is an inspiration to do more in order to gain more favor in the eyes of people. All that, I call this Borah intended. Now, sometimes, however, this gets out of hand, like we'll soon see in the next paragraph. But up to now, he spoke about the natural ways of self-preservation and preserving yourself, your health, and your family, and your property, that each person instinctively does that, doesn't need any great wisdom. Also, as a result of this instinct of self-love, people desire to be recognized by others, to be honored by others, and therefore they forge ahead in good qualities, in good character, in politeness, in kindliness, and even in piety towards Hashem and knowing Torah. That's, up till now, the positive side of this natural instinct of self-love. Say that. Now, even though he spoke of the natural attitudes of people that are positive, beneficial, and I call this more intended for that purpose, it can happen that people do not follow the natural instincts especially today, when many foolish things are done by people that are the opposite of the instinct of self-preservation. When you find a very large number that are addicted to narcotics, now, the desire for self-preservation should have prevented them even from thinking about it. The desire, let's say, for liquor. Everybody knows the harmful effects of addiction to liquor. And there are very many people, however, who don't follow their natural instinct. The people who try to sample new things, even though it's against the instinct. For instance, eating bugs is disgusting. But for Rishoyim, it becomes something interesting. New York Times 
institution of Rishoyim, they made a banquet of bugs. They advertised it. All kinds of bugs were served. Roaches and spiders, ants, and puddings made out of all kinds of things. And these disgusting things cost a good deal of money. And they boasted of it. So therefore, the wicked go against nature. We're not dealing with such people. We're talking about the ordinary around of people who despise ugly things because they instinctively think it's not good for their bodies. They despise uh, much liquor or certainly uh, narcotics and very many despise smoking because they read instructions on the pack and instructions say that smoking can lead to illness. And therefore... These are common sense people, not necessarily wise people. Once upon a time, there are more wise people than today. Today, the world is very foolish. Divorce, for instance. A woman drives her husband out of the house. What's she going to do from now on by herself? She needs a husband. Her children need a father. What about Panos and so on? But in her foolishness, she does things. Once upon a time, it didn't happen. A divorce was a rarity, even among Gentiles. But they have shigas. Very many people have done that. Called in police, got an order of protection against the husband, and drove him out of his house. Very many people have ruined themselves. For the rest of their lives, they live lonely, spoiled lives. So once upon a time, people were more sensitive to the needs of their own bodies. They had more responsibility for themselves. And that wasn't considered anything exceptional. It was a natural reaction that a college board intended, take care of yourself. Also safety first. And anything like that. So he's dealing with ordinary people and they utilize these instincts for selfish purposes without Kodesh Baruch intended that. They should protect themselves. They should protect their children. They should protect their property. And they should also aspire for public recognition and honor. And maybe they'll become better as a result in character or in piety. All that is a natural reaction that Hashem intended. Now the next paragraph, which you're not going to learn now, starts telling us how this excellent attitude that's implanted in man can be misused. Can misuse a person to start imagining that he has good qualities and blowing them up beyond what anybody else would think. He thinks he's excellent. He thinks he's the best. That is already a dangerous meeting. Like we'll soon see when we learn the next paragraph. Base. <coughs> In Peiches. <clears throat> he began explaining <clears throat> that there's a middle of desiring 
to do things for yourself. That's what I call the Jibbutz implanted in them in order to protect themselves, to protect their children, and to protect their property. Also, HaKadosh Baruch Hu desired people to be ambitious, to look for honor, for recognition, because of good things that they do. And that's a stimulus for better behavior. COVID is one of the means by which people become better. And it's not wrong if a person desires COVID and thereby he becomes more Yoresh Ramayan and more Baal Chesed and so on. However, <coughs> this Mide, we understand, can be utilized for the opposite. And sometimes people begin using this Mide of COVID by deception and they cause others to be deceived in thinking that they are good, that they are Talmidei Chachamim, and they are Balefes when they are not. And they use falsehood in order to gain glory. That's what he's talking about here in Peches. Again, I'll say in the side, This Midi, like all the other forms of desires that Hashem put into people. Originally it was for a certain good cause that Hashem wanted the media of COVID. If it's misused, COVID can become a storm wind which carries a man away. Not according what the wise mind would decide to do. He does things, does things that are foolish, does things that are sometimes even harmful in order to gain cover. The Saifan, the Ishtabin, Kanishomo, Ayikora, the end will be that the precious soul becomes the Shubid, subjected and enslaved to Midas Rice. He starts out desiring COVID and he starts doing things that lower his character in order to gain more COVID. And these Midas Rice capture his pure soul and make it a slave to serve his wrong desires. That's how the Esau works. By taking your good things and utilizing for harmful purposes, that is the way the Esau accomplishes most. So our Kodesh Bodo intended COVID for a good purpose. That we should utilize our desire for the pleasure that people should think well of us. We enjoy that. If people think well of us, they speak well of us. We should utilize them to continue to become better and better. That's the purpose. Of course, 
if somebody rises above that and is willing to serve Hashem just out of love of Hashem alone, even better. Sometimes he arrives at that high madrega by laboring in the lower madrega. But if a person veers off the path, and now he continues to look for cover, but he looks for it in any way he can get it, then it becomes a dangerous meter, and it could be a cause for a great ruination of character. Like Ferach, who desired cover, and the end was he had a downfall just because of that. Now, what he's telling us here, at first we should understand like Kodesh Baruch who made this meter. Like Kina, jealousy also is for a good purpose. We should be jealous when we see someone who is better in any way, better in good meters, better in piety, better in filler, better in knowledge of Torah, and we should think, we aren't going to try to be like his, or even to be superior to him. Nothing wrong. The envy of bookmen, suffering, increases wisdom. We should utilize that. If you see someone has children, you should want to have at least as many children the other person. Even more children. Be jealous of a big family. That's jealousy. Very good. As a result, some women have big families and tremendous joyous. Every child that she adds to the cloudy soil, like an oil and mother, because generations will come out of that child. Whole families with Sadiqim. And therefore, just because they were envious, like they said, Kanel Rocha was envious of her sister. She her sister had children, Rocha wanted children. Absolutely, that's right to be. To be envious of somebody who has a big family. And you should utilize this media as a battery to give you energy to go ahead and do the good things. Somebody is busy learning Torah in all this spare time, so don't belittle him. Don't just be jealous and have animosity to him. On the contrary, do the same and try to do even more. That's the purpose of this meeting. And he wants us to know that Hashem made it for that purpose. Now, we are talking about COVID. Remember, our novel as the opposite of Gaive. And not necessarily opposite of covet. A person can desire covet and be an onof. He knows he is a very small person, only he desires covet. The opposite of Anovo is Gaive. Now here we come to a crossroads where Gaive and covet meet. And people start thinking that they deserve covet. Not only he wants covet, he thinks he deserves covet.
That's the Chedadir. Not only he wanted COVID, but he de- thought he deserved COVID. And therefore, that is already a most dangerous thing. Now you come into the realm of a Gaiva to think that you are superior to other people when you actually are not. That's a dangerous thing. And therefore he tells us how important it is for a person always to monitor himself. To think, do I have faults? And he keeps on looking, he'll discover. No question about it, everybody has faults. And instead of trying to belittle other people, in order to make himself superior, instead of finding faults in others, to make him feel superior, he should look for good qualities in others. Everybody has some good qualities. Only we're blind to them. We're interested only in thinking about ourselves. And therefore, COVID and Gaia, when they meet, that's a perilous juncture. So once we're covered by itself, it's not a wrong thing. A person can be an on-off, and he still desires COVID. Only he desires it by trying to gain more COVID. He knows he is lacking in this, he's lacking in that. Knowledge, character, and so on. And he desires COVID. I want to be a person who knows. For the London, I know I'm not. I want to be a tzaddik. I know I'm not. So that kind of covenant is perfectly kosher. I call it born intended that way. But when the covenant comes into a case where he thinks he deserves covenant, that's already a dangerous thing. And he should know that by studying his own faults, he can counteract that. He has to study his faults. And if somebody volunteers to tell him it's false, he should listen. Very difficult to get somebody to tell you your false. Everybody minds his own business. That's why it's so good to have a wife. Women usually tell their husbands they're false. Doesn't mean they're always saying the truth, but at least you can hear something about yourself from your wife that you don't hear from someone else. In the ancient times, there was a novi. And the novi used to tell even kings their faults. The greatest men were put to shame by the Novi in public. It was a tremendous benefit. We don't have that today. And people go in ignorance about themselves. People don't know who they really are. It's very difficult to find out. By learning Sforim, however, learning the Sforim and talking about these things, we can gain a certain modicum, a certain amount of awareness of our faults, that's where learning is so important. By learning and studying, we begin to understand maybe we have this fault, maybe we have this fault, and then we can come to the hope of perfecting our characters because we recognize what they have to do. Ian Gimbal, the top line. subject, anova, humility. Now, what humility means doesn't mean 
that he's not the way COVID. That's not enough. COVID is one thing, and Gaiva is a different thing. For instance, there's a person who feels he's too important to need any COVID. I don't want any recognition. I know who I am. That's a Bulgaria. There's another Bulgaria that thinks that's because he's so important, he should get more covet. Not because fundamentally he seeks covet. Somebody who seeks covet may think very little of himself. They once covet. He'll do anything for covet, although he doesn't think that he's worthy of it, but he wants it. So therefore, COVID and Gaiva are two different meters. Sometimes they come together. Now, Anova is opposite of all of them. Opposite of seeking COVID and opposite of Gaiva. And he explained previously that because of the instinct of a person to try to excel, which I call his brother, put into him in order he should strive to make something out of himself. Even if he doesn't excel, this instinct asserts itself and he wants to feel he is somebody. He is nobody. He fails to become important, but he feels he is important. And therefore, there are two ways that his mind works. One is, he magnifies his smallest virtues. The smallest good thing that he does, he magnifies it as it was a very big thing. And he magnifies other people's faults. The smallest fault he sees in other people, he magnifies it. Because the worse other people are, the better he is by contrast. And therefore, the Balgaive, not only... considers himself worthy and important. But he considers other people as very much less than they actually are. That's one of the results of Gaiva. He looks down on people, not because he's so high, that's only one thing. Secondly, he looks down on them because they think they're so low. That's the top line. He looks at the Mumushal Havelai, at the faults of his fellow man, the day Shayim so Mokim Lishnois, is able to find an opportunity to feel proud, Afilu, the Habuves, and Even when he's in a company of big people, important people, but he looks for faults in them, minor faults. And because of these minor faults which he magnifies, he feels that he can compete with the important people. The little finger is more wide, more thick than his loins, than his body. He's nobody compared to them. Let's say, he's a man never learned anything. Didn't go to yeshiva. Of course, never learned Gemara. Of course, he never learned Svarim. Like Hevis Alvarez, Mesir Deshaun, never learned anything. 
But because he sees some minor faults in others, so he feels he's important, because he doesn't have those faults. Actually, he has more faults than they have. But his faults he doesn't see. And therefore, is able to speak out with arrogance against important people. Because he feels that he is not smaller than they are. He knows their faults, and their faults are very big in his eyes. And therefore, even though he's a nobody, he doesn't feel that that makes much of a difference, because he thinks that his virtues that he has overcome the difference in knowledge between him and the others. And therefore he speaks up boldly, even in the company of such people who are scholars and told me to have from him. He's willing to do things that even will cause him, because of his azisponim, if his boldness, he'd be put to shame by people. That's the result. People despise him. Only he ignores what people are thinking about him. He imagines that they're applauding him. Actually, they're ridiculing him. He's a man that's a president of a shul. A wealthy man. He's a big business. He's a leader in community things. I'm always. I know I'm always going. But he likes to make speeches. And he gets up and makes speeches much longer than the Rav of the Shul makes. The Rav makes me a few words. He gets up every Shabbos and gives a big dosha and his mom is nothing to hear. Only because he's swollen with pride, he thinks he's a very important personality. And people are sitting there and they're bored and some are laughing at him but there's no care to him that people are ridiculing him. That's what happens when a man concentrates on his little virtues and he looks for faults in other people. Umagil, I'll give an example. Umagil is asmai, lives based like he accosted himself to look in the mirror every day. And he learns to admire his face. All his face is nothing to admire. But by looking at constantly, he gains a certain love of his face. He rejoices to look at his beauty. Although he's very far from beautiful. Now he's explaining stories that he knows from actual facts. Somebody's voice is as rough as the braying of a donkey. But he makes his voice heard in public. He loves the Dhamma the Ahmed. And he thinks that his voice is being enjoyed by other people. He thinks and gives them pleasure with the sweetness of his voice. And by long drawn out songs that he has in the davenant. 
He closes his eyes and doesn't see even those who are laughing right in front of him. Say after you. Some enjoy speaking at length in public. And all the people should hear his foolish ideas. Or sometimes he pains them with his grossness, with his lack of good sense what's proper to say. Now, he gives examples. You have to know some people without any kind of reason at all are confident they're important anyhow. They don't have any finger which they can put their finger but they know they're important. That's a very widespread attitude. He's just pointing out some people who are misled in certain details. Kemoshi Omar Akosuf, he quotes, Bithi Avil Khaitagava. In the mouth of the fool there's a stick of pride. That stick sometimes hits people because in his pride he wants to show he's somebody, so with his mouth, with his tongue, he smites here and he smites there. Every proud man is a shaita. If a person is proud, we should know he's a shaita. In certain senses, he's a fool. He doesn't realize how silly he's making himself, and he doesn't begin to think that it's silly. Sometimes a person is feeling and what's improper is so sometimes a person feels so strongly about his importance he feels so strongly how important he is if somebody will even insult his servant, he becomes extremely angry. He takes it personally. He thinks everything about him is perfect. And all his employees are perfect. Anybody criticizes the employee, so he goes into a rage. Will you come to tell me such a thing? Mishtati goes wild. Yetsi medaito. Limkar atzmoi. And he's willing to sell himself to all bizjenes and all ashpolis, every kind of indignity that come because of his arrogance. This had that little piece. Now, in the old degenerations, it was advised that such a person should be taught to think about HaKadosh Baruch In those days, when the Amunit was strong, a person could become aware of Hashem more easily, and when you know you're standing in the presence of Hashem, it's more difficult to be arrogant. 
he brings a Moshe himself. <laughs> and later in the Sefer, is an elegant man. He's successful, as a show-off, and he walks in the street, he rotates his cane like this. As he walks by the house of a very wealthy man, the cane goes down, he walks by quietly. He doesn't think. But you know, it's a, compared to that wealthy man, he's nobody. So when people learn to think about our Kodesh Baruch Hu, you're staying in the presence of Hashem. How can you feel fool to show off? However, this AC doesn't give, because nowadays our realization of our Kodesh Baruch is mostly mental. It's not actual in our emo physical emotions. Once upon a time, people actually felt that, even Gentiles. How did this start, that people are trusted by swearing? The Gentile puts his hand on the Bible and swears, today doesn't mean a thing. But in the olden days, when a guy put his hand on the Bible, he was afraid to say something false. And they relied on that in the olden days. Today it's meaningless. Atheists. They swear, all they're afraid is they shouldn't be caught with perjury. But they're not afraid of anything. And therefore, even the former today are very far away from the actual feeling that they're staying in the presence of Hashem. And therefore, he gives a different advice. Salus. Prof. Tess. Pay Tess. For this illness, we should start training yourself by doing the opposite. What's the opposite? He should accustom himself to keep his mouth shut. Even when it's together with people who are smaller than he is. And when you're among smaller people, it's more easy to talk. He should accustom himself, even among smaller people, he should keep his mouth closed. Let's say he's going to a wedding, he should keep his mouth closed. Mazel tov, mazel tov, keep his mouth closed. Wherever he goes, makes it his business to keep his mouth closed. Culture came together, and surely, when it's a company of important people, no question, surely he should keep his mouth closed. That's one. So one of the first thing is he should train himself when he's among people not to be the talker. He should be a listener. That's a practical advice to counteract this arrogance which not only shows itself by talking in public and making himself a whole macha, but actually it's a cause. By doing these things, he feels important. He's important. And therefore, he should not make any kind of announcements. Sometimes you hear a person on Amoras makes announcements, makes silly jokes, not even fit to make in shul. Amoras gets up, let's make an announcement, even a good announcement, but it's silly. It brings me surely that it's silly. 
And so the first thing these people have to learn is to keep quiet. Don't talk. And even when you're among younger people, don't talk. In order to teach yourself the media of making yourself small. That's number one. The second, this him, and he should train himself to get from them information. The way they talk and what they do. He should get the ideas, always gets new ideas. Listen to what people are saying. He should listen what people are saying. To tell this Atzma for his own benefit, or the Tikhimi Daisa, and to improve his character. So he's learning that he has to listen to people. By the way, a very queer thing that Ramam says in Mera Nebuchadnezzar. He says, Shema Yisrael. Ramam says, Akkadish Baruch Hu is saying this not only you should listen to him. Shema Yisrael, listen to people. Ramam says that. Shema Yisrael. Listen, come and listen. Remarkable statement. They're talking about listening. That Hashem is Echad. But the Rama says, just as there it says, Shema Yisrael, listen. So the Rama says, learn to listen from everybody. Come and listen. Doesn't mean you have to obey them. What's valuable, what's worthwhile, you listen. Sometimes even an uh, unimportant person can give you good ideas, good suggestions. Learn to listen, even though you won't learn anything from them. One thing you will learn is you'll improve your character. So that's the second thing. Learn to listen to people. The first is learn not to talk. Practice not talking. Especially when you're going to a place where Five lines up in the bottom. On this leader of Anova, which is the battle against the universal attitude of Gava that people have naturally. So he stated in the matter at the beginning, he always eager to learn from others. A person who is arrogant never listens to what others have to say. If you're a member of a shul, he doesn't come to they shield him with other lectures. If it's a Rokhani Shiva, doesn't listen to the Shurim or Mushashmoism. Some listen to this, not to that. He doesn't listen to what his parents tell him. Doesn't listen to the advice of his Rebbe. Ki bishrirus libe I'll go according to the toughness of my own heart. That's Gaivet. The Baal Gaivet is impervious 
to other opinions. Now, it's natural, but sometimes it becomes even worse. Some people are unnatural Balagayas. Now, the first thing he said here is be eager to hear what people have to say. Or he says, your wife is short and you're tall, bend over and listen to her. Sometimes you short and say, hold you. Bend over and listen to her. Act like you're listening. The Ramam said the queerest thing. He said, Shema Yisrael. It's a lesson that Yisrael has to listen. Not only to Hashem. You have to listen to people. Ramam said that may I do him. Shema Yisrael. You have to get the meat of listening. That's number one. The Balgaiver doesn't listen to anybody. Now, he adds, and to be eager to recognize your faults. That's also an important point. Because in Yiddish you say, Agast afavayla zetachamayla. I mean, somebody comes in and looks at you for the first time, he can see things that you will never see all your life. Agast afavayla zetachamayla. Newcomer comes in. He sees immediately something is wrong with you that you'll never know. That's how blind people are. Now, be eager to listen to people, especially if you're lucky enough to have somebody to criticize you. It's a rarity. In the olden times, the Navi was always available to criticize people. People want to listen to the Navi. Even a hundred years ago, the Magidim used to come from the town to town and used to criticize the wealthy people of the town for doing this and that. Sometimes the wealthy people paid a local policeman to escort the Magid out of town. It was well known that the Magidim said Techocha, and people considered that worthwhile. Today, if you can get to Hocha, then you're a very unusually happy, a successful person. Nobody will tell you what's wrong. Everybody minds his own business today. And therefore, when you're married, that's one opportunity. Your wife is the only one who will tell you something about yourself. Doesn't mean it's always true, but part of what she says is precious. Won't hear than anyone else. Now, <clears throat> when you learn Musa's foreign, you on the road to picking up information how you might be wrong. Of course, at first you wouldn't suspect yourself. Let's say when you hear somebody speaking about these things, you say he's right. Oh, yes, people are balagayus. He doesn't know that he's the one. But after a while, when you hear so many examples. Yes, to answer your mind, maybe I'm the person that they're talking about in this fire. And then the more you learn incidents, episodes, it comes up in your own career, the same things. And you see, our Balgaiva is an in so many things. Now the Chavis Al-Rabbi says, Ha'gaiva reish kol chatas. It's a tremendous statement. Arrogance. 
is the highest of all sins. That's the cause of most sins. States a man who married with a Kayan, he married a Grushin, was it because of the Balgaida? Why is it about Tyler? No. In the Balgaida, he thought, as for him, everything is permissible. Now, <coughs> if that's the case, then when you talk about meters, this will be the first meter, the highest meter to work on. Criticize yourself. Fine, you'll find things to say. And it says like this, In odem lo yeyaseres asmer, ma yoyilenam a man won't criticize himself, what will it help others criticize him? It means, you hear a criticism, and you think, that sounds like me. So you say it to yourself, Chayim, don't be a Balgaida. Chayim, this and this you do, you're transgressing the laws of Anala. Speak to yourself. The same is also... When a person did a sin, for which is tired of Malchus, and as they hit him with a lash, and they hit him with force, by the way, the whole kerechet, the shamash is the whole kerechet. The main purpose is, he should think, with each lash, I'm guilty, I'm wrong, I shouldn't have done it. That's the purpose of the lash. If a person is just going to be strong and tolerate and wait till it's all over, and it's a pity. It's a waste. In order to be able to do it, if you won't criticize him yourself, another person said, Teichas geora b'meizim, v'hakers k'sil meiva. Geora means rebuke. Rebuke, enters into the mind, the heart of an understanding man more than hitting a fool a hundred times. A fool, if you hit him a hundred times, maybe something will enter his mind that he did something wrong. But a wise man, even if you criticize him, you rebuke him, reprimand him, it goes into him, it's more effective than hitting the fool a hundred times. And so when a person is girl be asmai not as affected as somebody else did it. Somebody else puts you to shame, it's much more affected. But if you're able to criticize yourself, you're going to accomplish a great deal in your life. And the truth is you have to be basic. You have to look for it. That's why the Mesilashar makes a big fuss about Examining yourself. Constantly thinking. Am I doing the right thing? Many times, in general, you're embarked in the wrong direction. Many times, you're in the wrong direction in general. And even if you're a righteous man, there's certain things in which you're negligent. And you can criticize yourself and become perfect. That's the derach. Derach chayem techeches musa. The way of succeeding at life 
is taken against Musa. Criticisms of Musa. It's so important. No matter how much you're talking about it, nobody will do it. They just hear it. But it's so important to learn that. That's why Misha Rabbeinu spent a great deal of time criticizing the Am Yisrael. Now you shouldn't think that some people do that they are wicked people. He criticized them because they were good. He wanted them to become better. And they did become better. After hearing years and years of criticism, all kinds of castigation that may have been made against them. You can be sure the nation became more and more perfect as a result. Like a man chastises his son, that's how Hashem chastises you. Because he loves you. He hates Hashem because he loves you. So we see Hashem loved our nation, he used to send Tehocha upon them. First of all, misfortunes came to remind them. Also, sent Nazim to remind them. And therefore, the Duramidbor, we have to appreciate how great they became as a result of 40 years of constant criticism. Now, it's a very rare thing nowadays to hear any criticism. And therefore, you cannot wait till somebody will criticize you. You have to learn to criticize yourself. Only you don't know what to say. He never learns. It's him. So it's him like this. Or Mesut Hashem, others for him. They tell you how to find something to criticize. And if you look, you're sure to find. You're sure to find. Everybody will find. And sometimes you'll find things that are tremendously surprising. If you don't do it now, then the day will come when you'll stand before the great judge, the Imadin, when a person passes out of this world, and he comes before the great judge on the Imadin, and then they'll tell him things that he didn't even think about. Reveal to him secrets about himself. He didn't know how wrong he was. Woe to us on the day of judgment. He said, Look, we learned that Jesus brothers. Jesus was the youngest brother. A younger brother, nobody's embarrassed for a younger brother. Another brother, yes, was embarrassed by him. But when he opened his mouth, and the man that thought was the Mishnah of Amalek, the fellow the Egyptian, he said, Ani Yosef, they weren't able to answer. At that moment, they saw how wrong they had been when they wanted to sell them into slavery. That one moment, they were overcome by a tremendous embarrassment. And that's what's going to happen the Yom Adim and the man comes before our Kodesh Baruch And our Kodesh Baruch says to you this and this. You never thought it was you. 
And now you read, it's the truth. You can't answer back that it's not truth. So that's why it's so good while you're still in this world, while you're alive, to examine yourself and to get rid of those faults before you come before the great Diane. And he puts the question to you, and it's a devastating embarrassment and the experience that's most more terrible than you have. Now, Shem puts the question to you, why do you do this? I did that. That's why it's so important while we are alive to study this and see how a person can correct himself. And among the first things he has to think about is, is a Bulgarian. I'm a Bulgarian, but absolutely. So you're a Bulgarian. You started out as a child who thinks only of himself. After a while, you included maybe your wife and your children. That's all part of your corporation. But yourself. To be able to see the mistakes you made in life, sometimes very serious mistakes, sometimes mistakes involving of other people. Here's a man who once sent a boy out of the yeshiva. Sent a boy out of the yeshiva. In the middle of his mind, the boy had no place to go. No yeshiva would accept in the middle of the mind. He went to public school and got lost. A nice boy. He could remain in the yeshiva, even though he had some faults. He would grow up to be a from balabos, from children, from grandchildren. And now, he went lost among the goyim. Because somebody, a balgaiva, threw him out without thinking. Many things like that happen in life. People are ruined because of Balgaiva. Now, he told us, Aitzah, when you come into groups of people, when the is, train yourself not to talk. Don't become the chief talker in your crowd. Keep quiet. Let others talk. Very important. To train yourself that you're not too important. Keep quiet. A second age he gave is, listen to what people are saying. You can pick up sometimes good information. When people do something, what the results will be. So this man did this, look what happened to him. Listen. Very important to listen. Thirdly, look for good qualities in your fellow man. He says that. Are we starting five lines up from the bottom? Over there, cloud. Lechanech has asked me to train himself. There's more here, leave sight. I feel a mile as I hear Sir Thomas He should be energetic in discovering even small virtues in this fellow man. If it's a neat person, admire his neatness. If it's a gentle talker, doesn't talk rough, admire his gentleness. Look at people, you'll find good things in people. And learn to admire, not only if they're Yudolim and Sadiqim, small things. Everybody has something in him. And look at them and discover the good things. 
by thinking about other people's good things, you're going to minimize your own gaiva. Because your gaiva becomes fed and encouraged by seeing faults in other people. They're no good, but you're good. You're higher. But when you see that people have good qualities, that's going to lower yourself a little bit. Very important to look for good things in people. It's a good idea to say, just for the next hour, I'm going to look for good things in my fellow man. Just for one hour. But even a wife, a neighbor, a father-in-law, anybody, what good things can I see in them? At first, the stubbornness of a guy there will blind you. But after a while, a little bit of thought, you'll start seeing things. Even the small things are valuable. So that's the third age. Third age is learn to look for good things in your fellow man. Everybody has something that you can admire. Nothing big, even small things. The way he does at the omelet, admiring. The way he sits quietly, where he has nice children, admire him. Many things you can find in people to look. Now that's a special undertaking. As a uvda, it's like a homework. Make it your business to look for good qualities in people. That's one of the methods of counteracting the guy. A very important method. And we're not finished with H, but three H's I'll repeat once more. One H is not to talk when you come into public. Let others talk. Second age Listen. Maybe you'll learn something that's worthwhile hearing for other people. Pick up information. Listen. A Bulgaria doesn't think there's anything to hear from other people at all. He has all the information. No. He listens and he finds valuable information from people. And the third is to look for good qualities in people. We're not finished yet. We're going to stop here. I am Dalit. <clears throat> and the meter here is called Sedek. In the sense that he explains, my da son Allah, what you don't want done to you, you should not do your, your fellow man. And that's an interesting aspect of Sadiq. With these words, he explains one of the most important reasons for Sadiq. Of course, there's more than this. But this is a guide in many things. Would you do, would you want people to do that to you? 
That's the important criterion. And you have to learn how to behave in many circumstances. Sometimes it's a question what to do and you're about to make a decision I think but suppose it was being done to you what would you think? That's going to help you make the right decision. A very important point that only we are accustomed to hearing it so we don't understand how great it is how big Aitza it is. Aitza of measuring would you want people to do that to you? Or to say that about you? Now we start. Paragraph 7. This boy above his head in this sitting table, She'ava so'odim is asmai, he'ava asa. The love of the person for himself is one of the strongest forms of love. And it be'a Hashem yizbola b'nei v'zal b'hamis, HaKadosh Baruch made it instinctive in the brutal side of man, physical side of man, in order to make the world more efficient. <coughs> For the person loves himself, that's why he'll guard his safety and his health. That's why he attempts to behave in a way to gain the commendations of his fellow man. Many good things happen as a result of this instinct. But because the physical side of man always does things under compulsion, not because it chooses to do it. It follows its compulsion, its instincts. And it's not something that can be commanded. The physical body is not following any mistress. Kinyiskalel. The fikoch ain't lo elo, nehum chaisa bildat. And therefore, the physical body only is interested, it's an expression he's borrowing from someplace else, the bread of its stomach, means for itself. So this love, that's for himself, is always selfish. It never motivated by Sehel. Omnoma nevishamaskelis, but a person has an intellectual existence, his mind, his bechire, mitsuvelasis, mitsuin koina. That's commanded to do what our Kodesh Borahu expects of it. And many times, it's not in agreement with what the behemoth side of a man wants to do for himself. I know the hate boy to do benefit to his fellow man, to other people. That's what I call this boy wants him to do. That is not an instinct. I must explain there is a certain instinct of compassion. It's because the Bahamistic part of man, he cannot tolerate seeing somebody suffering. So he therefore responds to the 
requirements of his own desires in order to quiet the unrest in his bosom when he sees somebody suffering. But not because he is choosing to do something right. But the nervous I must tell us behaves according to what the Sechel commands. And the Sechel tells you, obey what Hashem said. Obefat lo'odem achovi la'kodesh boruch. Ha'kodesh boruch wants us to do kindliness to all the creatures, even to animals. But especially to the min ha'odem. To human beings, especially Ha'kodesh boruch wants us to do kindness. He created every man in the image of Hashem. Every human being is a potential image of Hashem. And that's why it states in the Torah that one of the reasons is in order to deal with people with the greatest respect because HaKadosh Baruch himself said they are my image. And it's his will that we compel our animalistic side to obey that principle of doing things that are compassionate to human beings. And especially the Maminen, the biggest members, especially those who believe in our Kodesh Borahut, Hashem, they have especially an obligation to exercise every form of kindliness that we're capable of doing. And they are by Shonim, they are bashful, the Jewish nation, not bold, not filthy by nature, modest people. And you feel the tzah of of other people. You feel that tzah of those who live by their stomachs alone. Nevertheless, they pity them have compassion on them, and they have pity on all those who need help from their fellow man. Those people need help. Their faces change color like a kum. means our embarrassment. They have to come and ask for help. And we have to feel a certain commiseration with them. They need food for their stomachs. And they are ashamed sometimes to ask. And we have to take into consideration it's embarrassing for them to ask. Therefore, for us, it's proper to be Gemel Chasadim. So, therefore, Am Yisrael is Mechuyev more than anybody else. Now, it's one of the natural commandments of mankind to have pity on others. Hashem expects that. But, to us, more than anybody else. We're more than anybody else. And to do kindliness to the Benayi soil more than anybody else. I know. We should cling to this meat of our Kodesh Baruchud of having commiseration on all the creatures. 
especially to love all those who believe in Hashem. He's telling us a step further. Not only we should have compassion on them, we should have a love for our fellow Jews. That's part of Tzedek. Now this we learn, Tzedek doesn't really mean you're a righteous man. Tzedek means you have the right attitudes to your fellow Jews. You have to love your fellow Jew and not to have Tzedek. Because to a fellow Jew, there's a special love of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. I mean, Odom is Chavim Shediv Rabitzalem. But Chiba Yisrael, special love to a Jew, because he's a Kodesh Baruch Hu, called him my children, Bonim Lamokim. Hashem is commanded to follow Hashem's way of having love. He should also love because his command. Hashem loves the army Yisrael, his children. And we should also follow in his footsteps and love the army Yisrael also. We're commanded to have this attitude like Hashem has it. He should love your fellow man like you. And therefore, the commandment men that we should love our fellow Jews. Not merely we shouldn't harm them, and not merely to have compassion on them, but even to love them where we're chuyev, not optional. Let's say at the inside. So this teaches us we cannot rely on our natural instincts to behave properly to people. But our instinct is not directed toward people, it's directed to ourselves. It's only when people train themselves to think these thoughts. You have to learn them and talk about them, and then they become part of your mindset. Otherwise, ordinary people, whatever they do, is only a result of their own instincts. They want to help somebody. It's because either they're embarrassed not to help or they cannot look on somebody's poverty, somebody's suffering. But because of the service of Hashem, it's impossible unless a person learned about this and thought about it. And so when you see a person in the street passes by a poor man and drops some money in the poor man's hand, in that person... And no shy has to swallow him. That person is not doing a mitzvah. He's behaving the way a human being feels when he sees somebody who is in misery. Or he maybe desires a little recognition. Even from this poor man, he gets a recognition and gratitude. It makes him feel happy. He's only doing it for selfish purposes. Although it's a good selfish purpose, but nevertheless, he's not a servant of Hashem. Only people who learned, who studied the mitzvah, understand how important it is to fulfill the commandments of Hashem. After Hakamecha, or Poseach Tifta, you open up your hand, other commandments of Hashem. They're the only ones who are serving Hashem. That's an important point. Otherwise, people 
are living only by habit, and by habit, they're only getting the same reward that a good Italian will get. And it's not a positive command from Hashem that they're fulfilling. A very important point. That's why we should never rely on ourselves. Nobody is a tzaddik by nature. You have to learn tzaddik. You have to learn the principles involved. You have to get accustomed to hearing these words said. A little by little, they become part of your mind, like I said. First b'sicho. Talk about it. Say it. Learn it. Discuss it. Then Then it becomes part of your mindset. And then then you'll do it. These are three degrees. First, we have to get these things in our mouths, even though it's not part of our attitude yet. We should talk about it. Even children should talk about it. Or talk to children about it. And little by little, it becomes then Bilavokha. From Besicha, from talking, it becomes Bilavokha, part of your mind. Once it becomes part of your thoughts, then eventually it'll be Lasis. Then it'll carry out in action. You'll live a life of Sedeg as a result of the previous two steps. Without the first step and the second step, you'll never be Sedeg. You'll be just a person or response to his own instincts. I am Dalit. Five lines up from the bottom. The only Rabbi said this to find the Rabbim. this principle of doing to your fellow man only that which you would like people to do to you, you saw it called That's the foundation of the whole Torah. That's what Hilal said when the Gaia came to him and said, teach me the entire Torah while I stand on one foot. It means make it as brief as possible. That's what Hilal said. What don't want to be done to you, don't do to others. That's the entire Torah. And Rashi said two perishes, one perishes, that's most of the Torah. And another perish, that's all of the Torah. And that perish means this, that suppose you had done to someone a very great benefit. You have bought a house for him, and you filled the house with furniture and all good things. And then you ask him to do a favor for you, and he would refuse. You would feel terribly slighted at the ingratitude. Hashem gives us everything and he requests of us only some small things. He gives us food. All he requests, we should say, Birkasamos gives us a home. All he requests is a mezuzah on the doorposts. So he, anyone who would be unwilling to do that shows a tremendous ingratitude. So therefore, the fulfilling of the Torah is nothing more than the expression of gratitude for the tremendous kindliness that Hashem did to us. And just like we would expect someone 
for whom he did a great kindness to do some small favors for us. Akkadish Bodh expects of us that the small amounts of obligation with the Torah requires of us, that should be given and returned for the tremendous benefits that he bestows upon us. Ubimokim Akher Amu, elsewhere, he quotes in the Gemara, Bo Chabakuk, the Midanachas. Chabakuk came, the Novi Chabakuk placed the entire Torah, the service of Hashem, on one foundation. It means he gave us one simple rule by which we are reminded of everything else. Shenema v'tzadik v'emunosa yichyeh. The righteous man will live by his loyalty. It's loyalty to Hashem. Now loyalty means what Hashem did for us. We are so grateful that we are eternally loyal to Him. The tzadik lives by loyalty. Now, if that's the foundation of the whole Torah, it means that we should always keep in mind as a general rule for all our behavior this principle. And we should treat our fellow man with the same politeness, the same consideration, the same affection that we would desire them to have towards us. And that's a requirement as a criterion by which we can live our lives successfully. It's left here. He takes this Pesach, Sadi Ben Munosa, to include something in addition to the general principle of loyalty to Hashem, honesty. Emunah means honesty. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu did so many things for us, He required we should deal honestly. Now, honestly means many things. But now we'll take it at the most simple explanation. Honest in our dealings with other people. We quote the Medos Mishle. Ish Emunah The man of honesty will be blessed in many ways. But he who hastens to acquire wealth by dishonest ways, will not be held innocent. Means I call this who will not let him go free. He'll punish him. So honesty is one of the aspects of this great principle. Just as you wish people should deal with you honestly, you should deal with others honestly. Now, if someone deals with honesty in business, the his property will increase. Now, we shouldn't deceive ourselves, because once we hear that, honesty, so it's all over. We are honest, finished. What are they talking about? We have to understand you cannot be honest unless you spend time studying what honesty means. Don't begin to know what honesty means unless you learn 
Bobe Kame, Bobe Messiah, Bobe and elsewhere. Because people who are not trained in that do things that they consider nothing dishonest. Let's say, if you come into a place where you have permission to sit on this chair, like here, and instead of sitting quietly, you cause the chair to tilt and stand on two legs. As it was a rocking chair. You rock back and forth on two legs. Now you're breaking that chair. You don't break it immediately, but you're causing it to come loose in the hinges. That's robbery. If you are given a chair, it's for the purpose of sitting on it, not rocking on it. And therefore that person is a robber. Robber, you say? Yes. If I lend you a safer, it's for you to read, not for your children. The children will handle my safer and tear the binding and turn the pages and tear them. If you borrow, a borrower cannot lend the object to somebody else. It's loaned to you, not to someone else. Now there are thousands of such things. If you borrow from me a screwdriver and you use it as a tool to open a crate, a wooden crate, the screwdriver is not made for that. And you are doing something wrong. A man once came to our school, wanted to open a window, and he caused, caused the pane to break. The glass broke. Didn't occur to him. He did anything wrong. He didn't want to break it. I told him, you know, you're going to pay for that window. It's a big chidosh to him. <laughs> didn't want to break the window. Doesn't make any difference. When you learn Torah, you know, you know you didn't want it. You have to pay for it. So therefore, he wanted to give me a few dollars for the window. I said, nothing you doing. I don't have time to go out and look for a glass man. It's your duty to get somebody to come here and put it in here. That's your duty. And therefore, you don't begin to understand how many obligations people are transgressing every day. Good people, fun people, honest people. And those who didn't learn among the Gentiles or irreligious Jews, stand at a fruit store outside and watch them pass by. With a well-dressed, you see, not a poor woman, she picks up an apricot and chews on it and walks away, doesn't buy it. Take an apricot for nothing. That's robbery. Did he ask the storekeeper, is he willing to let you do it? And even a bag of peanuts, I watch them. Pick up a peanut, open it up, a few peanuts, and walk on. I once said to one of them, you know, it's stealing. <laughs> looked at me, I was crazy. <laughs> he doesn't realize that you have to learn stealing one penny is just as guilty as stealing a huge sum of money. If you don't learn, you don't begin to realize that you're walking in darkness. And therefore, the Messiah Sharma says, if a person is able to say that my hands are clean of a gazel, it's a very great meter, he said. Now, we hear that, <laughs> we understand that we're the ones, we, we, we're unstable, <laughs> we're the ones, we're clearly gazel. We don't need to realize 
how far away we are from being clear of Yezel. And everything else. Now, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Masmeluri Palnosos, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, caused this man to have Palnosos as a reward for his being honest. Because people trust in his honesty. Now, this subject of honesty in money matters is only one detail of the great subject of tzedek. Tzedek means to treat people in the right way. Uh, there are things worse than honest, dishonest. Much worse than dishonest. Suppose 